Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And welcome to the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 126. Well, the week has come to a close. Going to get another episode out for you to listen to. I know I said I'd put one out every day, but uh, yesterday just uh, ran out of steam. But definitely going to finish out the week strong. This is an amazing episode. Just a lot of fun. Obviously, before the coronavirus pandemic became a, uh, a very real thing, I was planning on doing a series focusing on about 20 or the top 20, top 25 teams uh, in the nation that were going to be competing for the national championship at Greyhawk at the end of May, uh, early June. One of those teams was Clemson. They were ranked about 22, 23 in the country at the time. And I was very fortunate to get some time with Coach Larry Penley. This was his 37th season at Clemson. You know, Larry was a phenomenal player, won the South Carolina Mid-Am Championship, um, you know, the South Carolina Amateur Championship. So he's a great player, played on the mini tours, which as soon as I found out, I was like, oh, we got to talk about that. But we, we spoke about a lot of the great players that have come and gone at Clemson. You know, probably most recently we're looking at Jonathan Bird and Doc Redman and, and Lucas Glover. So just had some great stories. We talked a lot about coaching, a lot about recruitment, how his players prepared for tournaments. And yes, I know the national championship is not going to happen this year, but still a lot of great lessons, a lot of great information that Coach Penley shared. Had to get this one out. There are going to be more episodes involving college players and college coaches coming up soon. You just saw one from earlier this week with Coach J.C. Deacon from Florida. So we're going to keep doing those because I'm getting tons of feedback don't forget, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Every single episode is at thebackoftherange.com. I know I ask you to leave a review in Apple Podcasts, but I understand that that takes a little time and there's a few steps. So maybe just take a screenshot of you listening to an episode, post it on your Instagram page. Basically, just please spread the word. Please tell as many people as possible about the back of the range. As I've been doing all week, just trying to let everyone know when these are recorded. Some are after the coronavirus pandemic became a reality, some are before, so just kind of want to make sure everyone is aware. This episode was recorded on Thursday, March 5th. So let's get started with this episode. Coach Larry Penley, Clemson's men's golf coach, welcome to the back of the range. How are you? It's great to be here, Ben. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, we just got done talking about the weather issues you're having up at Clemson. I think you said about the third wettest spring that you've had. You don't have to deal with the things that maybe these Northeastern or uh, Pacific Northwestern schools have to deal with all the time, you know, with, with cold weather and snow. But um, what does this actually do for your preparation for your spring, trying to get the team into the best shape possible to, uh, to compete in the postseason? Well, we don't have the cold, so that, of that's kind of a, yeah, I mean, it's, but today, it, you know, it's 50 degrees and raining, so you kind of put that in perspective. It is chilly, uh, but we are able to hit balls, you know, kind of over a covered area and hit balls out into our driving range, so it's not like we're really missing much practice. Our time on the golf course has been very limited, okay. uh, so you know, usually we spend our worst days 
playing golf and in our best days practicing weather-wise we've kind of reversed it this spring because we haven't had very many good days so we really have tried to take all the good days that we've had and and get out on the golf course and and spend as much quality time out there as we as we have but the guys have uh you know they've 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 really done a good job they've they've kind of embraced the challenge of uh learning all of our indoor practice facilities <laughs> which uh you know they they kind of looked at them in the past coach we don't need anything inside well yeah well, now we do so, yeah of course uh but it's but but it's kind of been fun um we have a great putting system in, inside and we've we've used it quite a bit and, you know we're just waiting on this weather to break but but it will soon enough okay so i wanted to get back to what you just said there you use the 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 bad weather days to be on the golf course and the good weather to be inside practicing. Uh, am I getting that right? Maybe walk me through exactly what you mean by that as far as well, the, the usually, or usually, yeah, yeah. You, usually we do that. Usually I, I like for them to play in, in, in worse conditions. Okay. And I like to save the really good days, um, to really get some quality practice. Okay. Well, the, the spring has been so poor weather wise that we've kind of reversed that. We've, we've taken what good days we've had and really made a, made every effort to get on the golf course on, on those days. Okay. And then, um, practice inside on the, on the rainy days. And I mean, it has really rained. We are currently, we're currently underwater. Lake, Lake Hartwell, which borders Clemson from two sides is that 660 feet right now it is at about 662 it is two feet over full pond so there's nowhere else for the water to go that, um, uh, that doesn't help and it and, and, and it's still raining i mean it's pouring all it's it's 100 chance all day today so oh, it's man. it's still getting it so well, we're at the end of February, or I'm sorry, we're at the beginning of March while we're trying to, um, you know, while we're talking right now, and obviously just several weeks away from uh, a lot of these postseason tournaments that you gear up all year for. This is your, uh, gosh, I'm going to make you feel old, but I feel like we're friends. I could do this. It's your 37th <laughs> season as the head golf coach at Clemson University. You started back, now you played at Clemson, I mean, all ACC player back in the early 80s. You spent one year as the assistant. And then they hand the reins over to you. What did you know about coaching in 1982? Um, nothing, <laughs> really nothing. Um, well, the guys there, the the seniors that were on that team were freshmen when I was a senior, so okay. I, I knew everybody. Okay. Um, and 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 it made the transition so much easier, I think, for Coach Robson, who was our coach, and he was he was destined to be the athletic director. So that's kind of how that happened. Okay. Uh, so my coach became the AD. He had to obviously give up the golf team and I was playing and living down in Homestead, Florida. I was playing on that old space coast. Oh my gosh. Oh, this episode's going to go tour. In a, Oh, this is going in a better direction. I didn't even know you oh, played yeah, Jason yeah, Goosey. Yeah. Oh, we're going to get into all sorts of stuff now. Oh yeah. Um, and he, I had been down there actually for 16 months <laughs> and, uh, I can remember Mr. Robinson calling and, look, you're, you're two classes short of graduating, which I was. Okay. And I need some help with this golf team. He said, you want to, you want to get up here and help me? But he said, I can't pay you till you, till you graduate. So I remember jumping in my old Mustang and driving up 95. Wow. I came straight to Clemson and I've been here ever since. So that was in, gosh, 
that was in 80, spring of 80, 82. Yeah. I think it was spring of 82. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it took me a while to pass. I had put off advanced cost accounting oh, and an industrial management 405, which was quality control, which is all math. I'd put them two classes off and I had to get back in somewhat study mode, but I, I squeaked through them and I got them passed and, I think my first year he paid me thirteen thousand dollars to be the head head men's golf coach. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> which which was a lot of money for sure. a twenty three year old single uh, man. Uh, of, of course, yeah. of course. <laughs> I mean, got to keep things in perspective. Um, oh wow. yeah. Okay, so you and this has been just a a uh, incredible ride, and we're going to get into a couple numbers later about um, you know accomplishments and, and years you've been doing this, but. Let me ask you just a couple questions here about, um, and, and obviously, you know, established player. You got your amateur status back after you played professionally and, you know, amateur champion in South Carolina multiple times over and the mid-am champion. But I, I want to hit on a couple things that you're working on now with your team. You know, for the average amateur, they, they may look and see where, maybe where a pin is located and if they're lucky enough to have a pin sheet that is and then if they're not they're looking at colors of flags seeing if it's front middle or back can you maybe talk about what a a college coach does to prepare their team when they're doing tournament prep on site at a tournament that believe it or not is probably our biggest that's our biggest job once we get to the site okay and i mean if 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 they're looking for their games you know, I've, I've, I've done a poor job, but once we get there, right. You know, we are all very confident in our preparation. We're very confident in how our ball striking or our putting, you know, we're going to have to get used to the green speeds, but our next deal is, you know, we only get one practice round and we really have to do a very good job of charting out some type of a game plan. And they're all different with, with every player because every player has different strengths and weaknesses and, you know, they have to know their game enough and be honest enough to where, you know, this plan is, is going to work the best for them. Uh, but a lot of that's whole locations, you know. And one good thing about coaching for 37 years, I've got whole location sheets darn near for every college tournament in America. Oh, gosh. You know, I know where the holes are going to be. Um, so I pull out the old whole location sheets, and when we go through the practice round, it's, you know, Guys, here's here's short sided. Here's you know, here's death by bula bula over here. We, you know, we got to miss it here. You know, here's here's where our miss is. And then once we once we set that up, um, you know, and then we we obviously identify all the green light flags. You know, man, here's a green light hole. You know, attack, attack, attack. So that that's kind of what Coach Bird, um, Jordan, my assistant, yeah. is very good at it. We we use decade. Um, we use Scott Fawcett's theory, uh, not to plug him, but I'm telling you, plug it, him, it do works. It. Do it. Tell oh, it's, yeah. it, it works. It's, it's documented. It's millions of shots on the PGA tour and where they would play from. And I, you know, I, I just think it makes perfect sense to go ahead and use all that data and then try to get our point across to our players. I mean, I've always been a conservative player anyway, when I played, it was, more about fairways, keeping the ball in play. You know, the game has changed. Yeah. You know, these, 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 these kids want to bomb it and they do. Um, but, but they need to know when to pull up on the reins just a little bit. So 
we kind of try to help them with that. Yeah. Well, and, and that opens up a couple other questions. You know, how do you handle a situation where you have a player that is supremely confident in their abilities, which you of course want, they want to play a whole certain way, but it may clash with your vision of how it should be played or maybe with the data. Is that someplace where you kind of step in and maybe, you know, draw your line in the sand or do you say, Hey, if this kid's feeling really confident and I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, you know, strap him down a little bit. And, and, you know, how do you handle a situation like that? Well, you, you, you certainly don't want to break their spirit. Right. You, and you, and you certainly don't want to do anything that might jeopardize their, their confidence. And it's, and, and, and I tell them all the time, I'm, I'm going to give you the green light if you're totally committed. Now, if, if you're committed and you think this is the right play, Hey, we're still going to make mistakes. We just need to learn from these mistakes. Right. But, but just because we get a, a green light second shot opportunity on a par five that might be a 50-50 play, that doesn't mean that's the right play. And if you're still not totally committed in the back of your mind, if you're thinking, you know, I might not ought to do this, but the macho thing to do is to go, then don't do it. Right. You know, and, and, and we try to, try to get them to where they, they know the difference. But look, if they're totally committed – and 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 they believe that this is the right play i'll let them do it 10 out of 10 times and then they'll learn from that mistake perfect yeah um you mentioned the 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 how the game has changed uh the kids want to bomb it and i've i've seen some of these kids at uh, whether it was you know last year at the walker cup or at previous college tournaments that i've been to and yeah they they just absolutely kill it and destroy it but the the players that i saw last year at the walker cup that were really the most impressive were the ones that could play a game under adverse conditions you mentioned being 50 degrees and raining well it was not a whole lot better over there it was blowing quite a bit how do you uh you know how do you identify players whether through recruitment or when you do get them onto the team how do you kind of help them with their strengths when conditions are not that good and you just can't let it fly and just bomb and gouge your way around the golf course well, one, one thing that we really try to stress with our players, regardless of what their strengths are, regardless of what their weaknesses are in their games, and we're always working on both of those. I mean, your strengths usually are always going to be your strengths. So they, they need to be at a high premium. Um, we're always working on our weaknesses. But one thing that is for sure is the lowest score will win. Golf is that way. The low score wins. Um, it is our job, and it's their job as a player, to find a way to shoot the lowest score and it, and it changes so much from player to player. Um, and, and, and we, we, you know, we, we work on different things. I mean, I've got some guys that are great, great with their drivers and they can dominate a golf course with their drivers, but if their short game or their wedge game is not particularly good that week, it's just going to be an okay week. Right. You know, um, they still need to keep that short game very sharp. They still need to keep that putter very sharp. And then we'll work on other parts of their games to try to shoot lower scores. But once they get the concept, all right, this ain't about being pretty, you know, and it really isn't about being, you know, being, being the macho guy here, right? Low score wins. Let's find a way to get the ball in the hole in the least number of shots. No, that's uh, that's, that's well said. I always wonder about that when, you know, like you could bomb it, but if you're, you still got to make putts, still got to get up and down, still got to have that 78 yard wedge shot that uh, you can get close uh, into a back right pin. So you still have to have all that. Um, 
So let me ask you about recruitment. You know, this is a question I just recently asked. I just had Coach uh, Ann Walker, Stanford women's coach, on the podcast. I've gotten a lot of great feedback from that episode, and a lot of it had to do with just kind of a topic we tackled about junior golfers. You know, um, I know Coach Bird helps out with a lot of the recruiting. You know, you have these 15- to 16-year-old kids in that range, whether, you know, whether it's boys or girls, but they're playing competitively. They're entering a lot of tournaments, and they're under a lot of pressure. Every round is available on a website somewhere. There's ranking points up for grabs all the time. What are some of the things that maybe you look for out of kids that age and maybe share your thought process around recruitment to maybe alleviate some of the stress that some parents and juniors deal with at that, at that time of their life. Yeah. My, mine's a little bit different in the fact that I, I don't, I really don't care to recruit young. I, I know a lot of coaches out there today are just going crazy young. I mean, I'm talking 13, 14 years old. Okay. I, I might go watch a phenom if he's, you know, if he's ripping it up at 13 or 14, but, but there's no intent for me to make any type of contact or to, I just want to see this kid play. Sure. You just want to watch uh, a show. Now, now, I just want to watch a show. Now, once they get a little bit older, you know, there, there, there are a lot of things um, that I think that are very important. Of course, the biggest one is, is this a kid I can have a relationship with? I mean, is this a kid that's going to trust me? Um, is this a kid whose parents are going to trust me? You know, to me, one of the biggest compliments a parent can give you is to, you know, hand you their child for four years. I mean, that's, that's the ultimate compliment to me. So, um, can, can this, can this kid, you know, I want to see how he interacts with his parents. Is he, is he respectful? Um, Jordan and I both have, have turned off of kids that, you know, have argued it, argued with parents because they brought them the wrong color Gatorade or, or, you know, they didn't have a turkey sandwich and I had to bring you a ham sandwich and the kid blows a gasket. Well, if he's doing that to mom and daddy, oh, he'd do that to he's, you. Not go- he's not going to have a whole lot of respect for me. And then in turn, I won't have a whole lot of respect for him. So yeah. the, other than golf, you know, I, I think it's the ability to have a relationship. It's, it's, it's the ability to um, to get along, be a good teammate. I mean, I, I tell them all the time, you know, we, we, the majority of our tournaments are in a van. We, we, we drive, we're, we're blessed in the Southeast to where, you know, I've got the, the number two team in the country, um, in Georgia tech, a hundred miles from me and probably the number 10 team in the country in Georgia is 60 miles from me. So I don't have to go very far to get all the competition I want. Oh, you know, yeah. so we, we, we drive a lot. Well, you really get to know <laughs> good and bad, you know, when you get a team in there and you, you spend two or three hours in a van together, you know, I, I, I need to like them. They need to like me. Our personalities need to be very similar. And that's kind of how we recruit. You got seven of seven of the top 25 teams in the country in the ACC. And you're one of them. So Georgia, Tech, good. Wake, I mean, you got your hands full with, I mean, you don't have to go traveling far to find a competition. That's for sure. So let me ask you this one, you know, just to kind of drive this point home. Can you perhaps share a story? I mean, you've had numerous players through your 37 years that have gone on to win on the PGA tour, play Walker Cubs, win USAMs. Can you maybe share a story about one of your well-known former Clemson Tigers that, that has experienced professional success that perhaps maybe, 
you know, wasn't the 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 hotshot junior coming in that really grew under your program that that is now getting or achieving success? Uh goodness. Uh, I, I'm not picking on Doc, but but Doc Doc Redman never amazes me. Um, and 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 I say this because it, it's when 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 we recruited Doc, Doc was a very late recruit very late i mean it was rumored that he was going to auburn and then the 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 north carolina schools you know he's he's right outside of raleigh um we we had heard a lot of different things well i just reached out to him i said look if you're not committed anywhere i'd I'd love to get you in for a visit and he said coach i'd love to come in and uh at that time his pedigree was just okay i think he'd won the carolinas juniors but it wasn't really anything special um but after that and after he committed uh, he went on a pretty good run to where I think he was ranked in the top five in the country, which kind of surprised a lot of people. Well, one of the biggest things that I really liked about him sitting down with him, he is a kid with a plan. He is a kid with a purpose and he is going to do everything he possibly can to get better and win the day every day. That's a hard maturity level to teach a bunch of kids. Doc already had this. And when people was looking at his game and they're going, you know, I'm, I'm not sure about this kid. I'm going, no, 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 no. He, he's he got it. Right. He's got it. He, he's going to figure this out. And he told me one time, he said, Coach, if I can get 1% better every day, help me get 1% better every day, and I'll get to the tour. And everybody's laughing at him. Sure. Well, shoot. He's there, you know. He, he actually made it. He, made, he actually made it on the PGA Tour in four, in, in, in four events I know. on the tour. He made it. Yeah, you know. that I I'm gonna follow, I'm gonna follow that up at a later time, but you know, because I have a I have a whole question about that whole thing, but yeah, and and those are things. Just to my point earlier, none of what you just said about Doc Redman shows up on a you know AJGA rankings list. That's all stuff you learn when you actually sit down and talk to the kid. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And and I did learn something about a major, and I told Jordan this. Doc is brilliant in mathematics, and he wanted to major in. When he was at Clemson, his two years, he he was in math science. He asked to be put in the honors program. He said, Coach, don't they have an honors program? Oh, well, I'd never I had never had a player ask about, you know, they're always looking for an easier way out. Doc was wanting more. But what I learned about a math science major is there are no shortcuts. There are there are steps, uh. there are processes. You can't jump right into a math program. Or, or a math problem and go straight to the answer. There are steps and processes that have to take place. Well, Doc was already used to all that. So setting up a plan for him to, to improve his golf game and set up a plan to get to the PGA Tour was really easy because I knew he'd follow it. Yeah, that's how his brain works. And he did because yeah. that's the way his brain works. Yeah. And and it was, uh, it, it, it was so fun to see. It was so fun to coach. I wish everybody would have – an opportunity to, to, to coach a Ben Martin, Ben, ben was the same way okay. to, to coach a Ben Martin or, or a Doc Redmond and just see how a true champion's mind works because it is eye opening when you see it. Interesting. I never th- realized that about the math and science, but that's gotta be, that's, that's just pure. That's just plain as day. That makes perfect sense. What you've been doing this for quite some time. You know, you, you were inducted into the, collegiate golf hall of fame at the age of 44 and you have a national championship under your belt won that in 2003 
I know that there's more room for more trophies and accolades and, and honors, but how do you stay motivated and focused each and every season? Um, I don't know. That's, it's gotten harder. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I, I won't lie to you. It, it really has gotten harder. Uh, the, 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 the recruiting has gotten harder. Yeah. Um, I, I, I still love the coaching. I still love the interaction with the players. Um, I actually still really enjoy the competition. Uh, I don't play anymore. So, you know, my, my, my competitive juices are kind of vented through my, through my teams and my players. Um, but, but the recruiting has gotten kind of sour. Um, I don't like some of the new rules. Um, I don't really care too much for the, 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 the way our sport has, has, has gone in the last 10 years, you know? I'm not a big fan of the match play. Really? Um, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm still convinced that, I mean, it, it's great for our sport and it brings a lot of excitement if, if that's what you're wanting. But if you're wanting to crown the best team in the country and crown a true champion, you'll play 72 holes of metal play and it'll show you. Right. You know, and I, and I still believe it has cost Oklahoma State at least three, maybe four national championships since we've gone to match play. Um, but you know, that's just my opinion, but as far as staying motivated, it's, uh, I mean, I, I love the guys. I love the guys I've got now. Right. Um, if, if, if I had to motivate kids, I, I would get out as, as, as long as I'm continually recruiting kids that are self-motivated right. and come in like Doc Redmond and Bryson Nimmer and and really want plans to get better and really work hard to get better, man, that makes my job so much easier and it makes it so much more fun. Yeah. Coach, you've won 77 tournaments as head coach of the Tigers, fourth in NCAA history for a coach at one school. You're second among ACC coaches. You trail former Wake Forest coach Jesse Haddock. Um, he had 83 in his career. You know, being that close and that competitive with him, I'm sure you have some sort of a story Tell me about the relationship that you had with Coach Haddock. We we had a great relationship, and it's um, I miss him. He he passed not too long ago. Yeah, but he was such a he, he was such a joy. He uh, you know, he knew nothing about golf. <laughs> um, he, he he was left-handed. I don't think he could break a hundred. But as far as you know, being a being a coach that got the best out of his team and got the best out of his players. He, he probably was, was the best at it. Um, and I, I always enjoyed spending time with him. He, my, my recruitment, it, it's kind of funny how things work and how I ended up at Clemson. My senior year, he left Wake to go to Oral Roberts. And if he doesn't go to Oral Roberts, there's a really good chance I go to Wake. Um, they brought in Ron Roberts, who was the coach then at that time from Georgia Southern, and I didn't get a very good vibe there. Um, and then I take a visit to Clemson, and lo and behold, you know, it's almost like a, a that was in 1977, and I've never left. Right. So it's funny how things work. But you know, my, my relationship was coach with Coach Haddock was always very special. Um, I don't really have one particular story. Um, I, I am in no means. Um, the, the, the 83 victories that he has will, to me, always be the best because he 
he coached half of his coaching career when we still played matches. Yeah. You know, we, we just had head to head matches. Uh, we might've played three or four tournaments a year. I know we had a metal play ACC championship. Obviously we had a metal play NCAA championship, but we really didn't start playing in tournaments until, you know, kind of the late or, or the early to mid seventies. So coach Haddock spent the majority of his coaching career just playing head to head matches. So the 83 victories that he has, I think was, was done in about 15 to 18 years. Wow. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's really impressive what he did. That number would mean nothing to me. As a, as a matter of fact, I don't, I will always see him as being, you know, the, the, the godfather of ACC golf, so to speak. And, and I know Coach Hepler's probably going to end up beating that record anyway. Um, so that, you know, it's really not that important. It's, it's flattering to get as close as I am to him, but it's not that big of a deal. I mean, it, 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 it's really not. If it was, I could schedule 83 wins. Trust me. Sure. Uh, but, but, but it's not helping my team. You know, the fact that we want to try to play and compete against the best teams in the country every week. That's that's the only way my team's going to get better, and that's kind of what I try to focus on. Yeah, you've obviously, like I said, I mean, I know, I know it's not your, maybe not be your target, but uh, you've racked up a, a quite a quite a collection of wins there, and and you know the big one, two thousand three, that national championship, your team was just absolute juggernaut, and you just you talked about like you're not a big fan of match play, but it's still it's a reality, so you know it's something that you have to deal with. Do you find yourself having to coach your players up on the finer points of match play strategy, or is this something that just kind of evolves naturally? How do, how do you approach that aspect of it? We are right in the middle of a match play tournament within our team as we speak. Okay. Um, an, an, an individual. Matter of fact, we're down to the final match. And Jacob Bridgman, who is a, a great player, preseason All-American as a sophomore, um, he will be playing Turk Pettit, who was – an All-American is a freshman, is now a junior. Uh, they will be playing in our final match Saturday morning at Sage Valley. That'll be our championship match. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So it's so it's 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 really been fun. I, we we have to. I mean, they they know match play, but it's really diff, difficult when you try to combine it with team points and and team aspects, and you know that's that's the hardest part of it. I think. Um, but you know, as far as just going out and playing match play, they, they get a pretty good dose of it. Nice. Nice. Well, I, I wanted to, um, I wanted to kind of backtrack a little bit. We were talking about Doc Redman, how he literally, I think it was, you're right. Like four events got him and got him his tour card on the PGA tour. And then you just mentioned Bryson Nimmer, you know, all American in 1819. I think he's the first player in school history to have a stroke average under 70, he has not had the same level of success. I know he's played some McKenzie tour events. He's played some corn Ferry tour, but he hasn't had the same level of success as doc Redmond. How do you continue to advise a player like Bryson Nimmer on, uh, you know, their journey into professional success? I mean, it, it's almost like there's no, I mean, is there a rhyme or reason sometimes as to why some players make it quicker than others? Uh, no. Um, in, in, in doc's case, uh, Doc wasn't sure he was going to turn pro when he did. Okay. So he had, he had leases. He had, he had already signed housing leases, um, in a, in an apartment complex, which 
I think was the best thing that ever happened to him because that year, uh, the first year they determined pro, he stayed here with us. So he still did everything we did. He, he, he was able to stay in his routine. He was able to stay in a very comfortable environment for him, do what he knew that, that made him successful. And, you know, he really benefited from it. Bryson had a lot of options. Bryson had graduated. Um, Bryson wanted to go back to the coast where he was from. Uh, he's right now, I think he's living right outside of Charleston. Um, I think Bryson misses our structure a little bit. Okay. And he and I have talked about this and, you know, I would love to get him back up here just for a couple of weeks, just to get back into a, you know, a very familiar, very comfortable environment. And, and, and let's get some, let's, let's start working on some positives again. And, but, but he'll, he'll figure it out. He is too great of a player. Right. Right. Um, and he'll, he'll, he'll get this. It's just going to take him a while. Doc caught lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Yep. You know, you, you, you go from Vancouver, you take a red eye from Vancouver, fly to Detroit. You've got a nine o'clock tea time. You're playing for four spots. You shoot 61 and you get one of them darn spots. And then you go finish second in the tournament and make $760,000. That does not happen often. Right. That is a very rare occurrence. And any, you know, followed it up with a, with a great week at Wells Fargo and made another hundred thousand. And next thing you know, he's got his card and that's it. And he's there. So anyway, Bryson will get it. It's just going to have to be a different, um, it's going to have to be a different process for him. I don't, I don't, I don't know if he can catch lightning in a bottle like doc did. Um, it's going to have to be more of the, more of the journey. Yeah. You know, he's going to have to get through to the Corns Ferry Tour. Maybe he can do that through the Canadian Tour. You know, he's fully exempt on the Canadian, which he's got somewhere to play. Um, but once he gets to that Corns Ferry, I'm I'm very confident it won't take him long to get to the big show. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of the guys that play the minor league golf tour down here in South Florida, A lot, of, and I've spoken to guys on the Latin America Tour and Canadian. Just it's You know, the, the Doc, Redman, Doc Redman story is why there are hundreds and – hundreds of guys chasing the dream because you know it can happen just that quickly that's right um all right well let's get you on a couple of fun stories i can't let you out without at least getting one story of your days uh on the jc goosey tour i mean come on we've talked about all these kids and, we're, <laughs> and i am going to ask you about the team that's getting ready for the national championship but you know my my eyes and ears lit up as soon as you said jc goosey i'm like oh oh i know there's gold there somewhere so you can, you can embarrass yourself. You can embarrass the golf course you played, or maybe the guys you played with. I will give you full reign here, but I can't let you out of here without at least one story from your mini tour JC Goosey uh, days. Well, pe- people don't realize that in that day, that was the only other tour. Oh, of there course. There was. I mean, you you, you could have gone to South Africa and, and played. I think people were starting to go to Asia or maybe to Japan and play, but. You know, as far as a, a a boy in the states or a young man in the states trying to get to the PGA Tour, that was the only way. I mean, that was the only way to go get some experience. Yeah. So I'm down there with Donnie Hammonds. Oh, okay. David Peoples. Okay. Um, Walt Zambrisky, who was incredible. Yes. Um, and <laughs> one of the best players I have ever played with was um, was a black gentleman named Ron Terry who hit the golf ball as pure as anybody I have ever seen, lived in a van, 
but these are the guys you're competing against every week. And trust me, they're, they're saving shots for dollars. I mean, they're, they are professional golfers. They are doing this for a living, even at that level. Right. Um, they're not buying experience. They're trying to take every cent you've got. Right. So that was a, that was an education for me. I learned real quickly. They didn't nobody give a crap what I shot. They just soon me shoot 85 every day and get the heck out of there. Right. Um, Larry Mowry was another one who was a great player on the senior tour forever. And if you didn't think Mr. Goosey wouldn't take your paycheck, you're crazy. And he loved picking on the rookies. He would always like to have the rookies around to see if they wanted to play a little after tournament game. And I've saw many a guy endorse their check over to Mr. Goosey. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh my God. Uh, I knew, but just, it was an, yeah. it was an incredible experience. Um, I'm trying to think how many tournaments I play. I probably played probably close to, I don't know, 26 to 30 tournaments, maybe. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I had a chance to win one, uh, and it was at Cyprus, Grand Cyprus, right there in Orlando. I know, I know, which I know was kind of close to where I was staying at that time. And um, I, I, I had a very un, had a very unfortunate backside. I actually, had an, an unfortunate last two holes. Uh, I hit the ball in the water off the tee on eighteen, down one. Uh, after having the lead on the front side and it this is this was one of the bigger tournaments this one's first place is eighteen thousand, which yeah that was a big purse yeah yeah that was a big purse um anyway i i, I scrambled my way to an eight and uh, didn't get anywhere near that 18 grand <laughs> not not that you've let it go and you don't think about it at all but uh, uh, only every day there you yeah. go yeah <laughs> That's great. National championship, 70 some odd wins, but you're still thinking about an 18 grand you missed out on it at Grand Cyprus. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's golf right there. I mean, that that's that's, that's perfect. Right. That's golf. Um all right, let me at let, let me get you out here on this one. Let's talk about the current squad that you're that you're running with to get you to the national championship to to compete, you know, I got regionals, you got ACC got all these teams in your way who are you looking at to, to kind of lead you down there you got five guys that you can take with you so talk to me a little bit about your current team let's give them a little pub you know what what's the plan for the rest of the season well i, I really like this i really like this team um i mean this this is the exact team as last year minus Nimmer. so you know you you, you take that 68.7 stroke average out of this squad and then, you know, our, our, our first team meeting, I'm telling them, look, we can't replace that. Right. No one person can replace that. But collectively, we can. You know, it's going to have to come a half a shot from you and a half a shot around from you and, and a half a shot from you. And that's kind of the way we've approached this year. And right now we've got, let's see, our entire top five. Um, Bridgman is 70 70.7 Pettit's like 70.9 um, and then we go 71.2 71.4 uh, so we've really done a good job um, and I do like this team a lot um, although I only have one senior yeah I do I feel like yeah I, I do feel like there's a lot of experience the the three juniors that I have have been starters since their freshman years and that's Colby Patton that's Chris Patton's boy 
uh, Kyle Cottom and Turk Pettit, and they are all great players and are doing a great job. Um, and you got Bridgman as a sophomore. I've got Zach Gordon as a sophomore, who is also a tremendous talent and a great player. And our senior captain is is William Nottingham, and he's been a starter now for four years. So it's won, it's won, a, the, it's, North, won the North South. Won the North South. That's exactly right. So it's a it's a good bunch. Um, we got beaten a playoff last year for the match play. Yeah, SMU. Um, which was which was kind of disheartening. Um, and you know, I I do want to make this match play b- before I retire. Uh, because I honestly believe if you get to the match play, it's a coin flip. I oh, mean, yeah. it really is a coin flip. Um, but we were so close last year that I think it's in the back of the guys' minds. You know, this is what fuels us every day. We're going to get back there. Um, and I am very confident in this team. I know our ranking probably isn't as isn't that good. I think maybe we're, we're anywhere from 17th to about 21st right now but, you're actually 22 as of today today's 22 march, yeah, okay today's your march 5th you're you're 22 on golf stat but yeah like you said i mean does it at, at once you're at that level it doesn't really matter you just got to get in there and get going and and well I'm, I'm i'm very confident that, that this is a top 10 team um they haven't seen our best golf yet and uh it's just a matter of time before we bust loose uh, very well said. Uh, really was a pleasure speaking with you, and it sounds like uh, sounds like your guys are in good shape. I know there's tons of other things that we could get to, but uh, hopefully we'll do it again soon. I, I'm glad you stopped by the back of the range. Good luck on the way uh, on the way to the NCAA's, and um, we'll do it again soon. Always a pleasure, Ben. Thank you so much. And there you have it. Special thanks to Coach Larry Penley from Clemson. Can't wait to see them back out on the golf course. Want to see all these college teams back out on the golf course. Don't forget, follow us along on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Always posting things on the gram, the Back of the Range podcast. Put out a lot of episodes recently, so I don't blame if you've fallen behind. Every single episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. So stay safe, stay healthy, enjoy the weekend, and we'll see you again next time here at the Back of the Range.